This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Faye Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. All the mix. Okay, party people in the house. You're about to witness something you've never witnessed before. Yeah, hustle in the house. Yeah, hustle in the well, what is going on? Long time no talk. I'm Rob Fate. Welcome to Sports Bar Radio. It's your Friday edition. We are currently having this conversation on the fourth day of February, and I hope wherever you are downloading this that it finds you well. Uh, listen, it's been a while since we've gotten together. I think it was, what, Monday? A whole work week's gone by. A thousand stories have happened. The start of the Olympic Games, NFL, CFL, you name it. We've got a lot to get to. But let me get you to that one story, that one bone that I may have to pick. Let me get you to the lead. We've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you. Okay, well, let's be honest. Rob picks most of the stories, so maybe they matter more to him? Anyways, pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today. Okay, so as a diehard baseball fan, here's how my psyche goes. The season ends and you begin the climb. You climb the mountain, the gray skies, the winter, the coldness, the chill, and you realize you're a couple of months away from the game. But then the calendar flips and you realize now you're only several weeks away from at least the start of spring training when catchers and pitchers report and you know that the game is right around the corner. So I felt heading into 2022 that even though I knew those gray skies might extend a little bit just because there was a work stoppage in place, that surely Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball's Player Association would get together realizing that they cannot afford to let it happen again. What is it, you ask? Well, let me fill in the blanks for you. There is a work stoppage right now, meaning that the players of Major League Baseball are locked out while they try to hammer out a new collective bargaining agreement. Imagine this. After the past two years with the pandemic and how the world has kind of been put on its side, there is a league out there that can't seem to figure it out, that can't get it together. So what did they do recently? Before we pull the lens back and tell you everything that's going on, or at least as best that we can when it comes to this work stoppage, let's tell you where they are today. After going back and forth for more than half a year on everything from money to what they're going to do with contracts to service time to 100 different things, they decided that they might, they might try and bring in a mediator. Makes sense, right? Two sides can't get together. At least bring in a third party that might be able to help get this together. Well, they can't even agree on that. That's the report that is coming out right now saying that the talks have been drawn out. They're not really getting far. A third party mediator, an intervention, if you will, was uh, offered up and they are not going to utilize it, at least not as of today. So the owners, just so you know, they locked out the players back on December the 2nd. We knew that this could be potentially happening months in advance. This is not breaking news. We knew that the CBA was on the horizon for, what, a year, two years? That you know 2021-2022 was going to be where it hit the ground and something would have to get done. They have only had three negotiating sessions and then in late January, and even as recently as this past Tuesday, they at least got together on Zoom. And they have come to the conclusion that they are still very far apart. 
Now, the players are blaming the owners for the lockout. Rob Manfred said his side was being proactive. Nobody wants to take blame for where this is right now. Players are upset. Now, let's put this into perspective here, all right? Players are upset because payrolls declined to just over $4 billion last year. That was the lowest payrolls dating back to 2015 when you take into consideration a full season. So what do they want? Well, they want more salary arbitration eligibility. They want more luxury tax thresholds, and they want higher minimum salaries. They also want to deal with that service time manipulation that I can actually get on board with. But the teams are saying that they aren't going to expand arbitration. They're not going to change the revenue share and then say that the luxury tax will push that down the road. This has been more than two months that these two sides had been kind of dancing around each other and spring training was to start in less than two weeks. So let's do the math. If this pushes into what should have been the start of spring training, guess what gets affected next? The start of opening day. And nobody's talking about negotiations even next week. They were supposed to meet in Orlando. But right now, there is nothing going on. They can't even get together on whether or not they need a mediator at this point. So now, let's change the perspective. You're a fan of baseball. You're me. You're a guy that has loved this game from the start. You used to fill out your box scores. You used to go to different stadiums with your father. Or maybe you take your son or your daughter. It has always been a part of your fabric. You just love this sport no matter how many times it has slapped you in the face. Whether it was the dissolving of minor league baseball. Whether it was the steroid era. Whether it was juice baseballs or a hundred other stub toes that Major League Baseball has had over these years. You still go back to the game. But my question is, how many times can Major League Baseball truly kick you in the knee before you say enough is enough? Now, I know that you're always going to watch baseball. You can't not watch the game. But there are other options. I know that this is sacrilege to say that maybe trade a team like the New York Yankees or the Toronto Blue Jays and start watching you know, baseball overseas or maybe focus in on minor league baseball or something that can give you your fix. College baseball for all I care independent baseball for all I care, but something that makes you say enough is enough and I'm just done getting treated like that. Because beyond this, we are talking about two entities here. We're talking about a players association and we're talking about Major League Baseball that on the heels of this phase of our pandemic, this phase of the pandemic that has lasted now two calendar years, deaths, Losses of jobs, a complete shift in the psyche of what we do publicly, and baseball can't get their shit together. Imagine that. CFL, NFL, NHL, they've all been able to figure out a way to weave their way around this pandemic or at least fight to get to the next side and live to see another day. But yet here we are again with baseball fighting about b -b -b billions Billions with a B. Now, if I'm a player and I know that I've got, what, five to ten years to truly cash in, I get it. It's hard for me, even as a guy that has lived pretty comfortably for the last several years, to look at a guy like a Carlos Correa who will turn down a contract in the neighborhood of $300 million because he thinks that if he waits it out a little longer, that after the CBA he might be able to get a little bit more. That other players are starting to say, you know what, man, I just want to keep going. I want to get this done earlier. I want to start younger and make the quad now. It is 
it is slowly becoming more and more disconnected from reality, and it's slowly becoming more and more something sport-wise that I'm losing interest in. Listen, you're talking to a guy that worked in minor league baseball for 14 seasons. I love baseball. I love the people within baseball. Not all of them were great to me, but you know what? It doesn't matter because the game is bigger than that. But I can tell you this. When it comes to relationships, and I'm stretching beyond baseball at this point, you can only be in a relationship for so long before you realize that it's just not good for you, that it's toxic, that maybe you need to take a break and step away. And if you come back and you truly feel that it's something you want to be a part of, then fine, have your day. But I am at the point now where if this doesn't start on time, this particular season doesn't start on time, I'm done. I'm going to at least take a break from baseball. I can't support Major League Baseball in this state. Imagine this, after everything that we've been through, that these guys are too busy fighting over things that I know set the table for the next five to 10 years, but you know what's not a part of those conversations? The betterment of the game, the betterment of minor league baseball. Sure, we're talking about the fact that certain people can set themselves up a little bit better, or maybe a little bit earlier. Sure, we're talking about different revenue splits for the elites. But what does this mean to growing the game? What does this mean to the minor leagues or to amateur baseball? We talk about all these quote-unquote programs that they have and all these things that they're doing within the community to grow the game. It's been a steady decline over the last decade. Sure, you can look at a pie chart 100 different ways and you can find that one way that it works for you and then you can look back and say, no, what are you talking about? Trust me, between basketball, hockey, and a number of different sports that are all trying and working their ass off, baseball is getting left behind. So what are they going to do? Bring in robot umpires to make sure that everything's perfect? Stupid idea. They continue to try and help the game, yet they continue to hurt the game. Nothing as a fan feels worse than knowing that their business comes before your love of the game. You may not see it today, but I promise you come opening day, if there is not a regularly scheduled game for opening day, there will be even more fans that decide, screw it, I'm not going to support this. And you could say, well, maybe it's not the player's fault. Or you could say that, hey, the owner's got to make money. And both of them have lost over the last couple of years. Let's make no mistake about it. That truncated season cost owners big money. And also, players lost money at the same time. But what are we talking about here? Like, I hate to say it, so what? A guy like Trevor Story only made half of his money. It's still more money the 98% of the world will ever see. So this is the problem. You're fighting over things that right now, from a society standpoint, is not what they want to hear. Sorry, I just want to go outside and hang out with my friends and see my family more often right now. That is where we are at as a society. So if you're looking for me to be supportive, understanding, with you, I can't. Maybe in a previous time, in a previous life, I could have. But as we have this conversation today, knowing what we have all been through, I can't get down with this at all. If Major League Baseball doesn't start the season on time, A, shame on them. But B, I'm done with them. I'll support the minor leagues, but I got no time for the major leaguers if they can't get their shit together. All right, let's take a look at the rest of the news of the day. There's a lot going on. NHL, we'll talk about the NFL, the Super Bowl, where Harambe has made his way back into the conversation. And no, I'm not going to say dicks out for Harambe. I thought that uh, wasn't the stupidest campaign, but I just 
knew that eventually somebody in Cincinnati was going to bring that up. I didn't know it would be a player. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me save this for you. Let me get you to the news of the day. Uh, let's talk about the last couple of days. And Canada suddenly becoming a soccer powerhouse. Go figure. Let me get you to that one room where we house all of that information. Let me get you into the VIP room. You knew tonight was going to be a good night, didn't you? Guys, the ladies don't want you wasting their time. So get to the point. 10 topics, 10 minutes. Hold on to your drinks because we're about to bring you the entire world of sports before the DJ can pull out the vinyl for his next set. Welcome to the VIP room. The VIP room. All right, so Friday's kind of my favorite show of the week because I get to prep you for everything that's coming up on the weekend and also just recap everything that we've gone through. Now, with no Vancouver Canuck news, it is absolutely pertinent because they're getting this week off. Uh, I want to start in the association because there is a team in the Toronto Raptors that is quietly hanging around in the Eastern Conference, and I don't think they're getting enough love. A couple of years ago when they had Kawhi and everybody was talking about the Raptors from coast to coast, it's been a couple of years removed, and I think a lot of people are starting to cool off on the Raptors of Toronto, quote, Canada's NBA team. But let's talk about the fact that right now they are four and a half games out of first in the Eastern Conference. Seventh overall, but there is a logjam. You've got Chicago and Miami atop that conference, right on their heels, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Cleveland, and then you've got Brooklyn, Toronto, and Charlotte, and maybe even Boston if you want to stretch the lens back a little bit. But Toronto's in the conversation. And they've done this with a team and a roster in particular that over the last couple of years has gone completely south as far as marquee names. Like if you're going to say to me with a straight face that Fred Van Vliet is a franchise player, he's still not one of the best 30 in the NBA. Yes, I know he's going into the All-Star game, so it might make him one of the best 24. But I'm just saying from the days of Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan and of course Kawhi Leonard, uh, there has been a monstrous amount of change. But you look around right now, Scotty Barnes, OG Anunoby, Gary Trent Jr. and Pascal Siakam, it's a decent team, but it is a team that uh, that is curious at best. But I will say this. If they get into the playoffs, and there's a very good chance they could, that is a team that one of those guys a little higher up the totem pole probably want no part of because Toronto still plays good defense. And Toronto is a very streaky team. For example, right now, winners are four in a row. So Toronto, if they could even get past the first round, could be a tough out for the likes of a Miami or a Chicago or a Cleveland for that matter. I don't know. I just think there's a lot of fans out there that have kind of lost touch of the Toronto Raptors. But I will say this. They are still very much part of the conversation in the Eastern Conference. Western Conference a whole different beast. Phoenix, Golden State, both already in the 40-win club. Miami, by the way, with the most wins of any team in the East at just 33. If you were to put them in the Western Conference, they would be comfortably in fourth. But right now, it is Phoenix, Golden State, the former Vancouver Grizzlies, now Memphis with 36 wins, 36 and 18 if you're splitting hairs, and a much different conversation right now in Los Angeles where the Clippers and Lakers are eighth and ninth respectively. How about this? Toronto Raptors have a higher winning percentage than either the Lakers or the Clippers to this point in the season. And speaking of the Clippers, with the deadline about a week away, Clips and Trailblazers getting together on a deal. It is reported that uh, in this five-player deal, Eric Bledsoe and Justice Winslow, along with Keon Johnson and a 2025 second rounder, heading to Portland in exchange for both Norman Powell, the former Raptor, and Robert Covington, 
That, according to Woj from ESPN. All-star game on the horizon and a couple of names that are quote-unquote snubbed. Jarrett Allen, Anthony Davis looks to be a replacement player, but LaMelo Ball is just one of two players right now averaging 19.7 assists and 7 rebounds, and the only other player is Nick Jokic. And Ball has been a big part of the reason right now that Charlotte is above 500 at 28 and 24. I would have liked to have seen him in. I think he earned it. Okay, to the NHL with all eyes focusing on Las Vegas and the upcoming All-Star Game. A couple of quick news and notes, just some house cleaning when it comes to the teams around the NHL. Pat Verbeek has been hired as the general manager of the Anaheim Ducks, taking over for Bob Murray, who resigned as the executive vice president and GM with that investigation into his conduct. Verbeek was the assistant GM of the Detroit Red Wings, had that title since back in, uh, I guess, the middle of 2019, and was also the GM of the Wings' Grand Rapids affiliate in the AHL. Well, Danielle Goyette has become the first woman to be an assistant for an ECHL team when she joined Newfoundland, which is a Toronto Maple Leafs affiliate, for their first home game last night against Reading. Goyette's resume when it comes to hockey as good as anybody and was elected into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2017 before she was named to the Order of Hockey in Canada in 2018. Newfoundland lost the game 9-2 with Goyette saying after the game, quote, the fact that we lost the game tonight, it's a different feeling because I hate losing. Maybe I would have felt different with a win, but for me, it's about the team and doing the right thing, unquote. Well, from one groundbreaking female to another, we mentioned just the other day that it will be Manel Rayom who will be in the NHL All-Star Skills Competition. She was the first woman to play in the league and hope that, quote, the puck touches her at some point in the NHL Breakaway Challenge. Skills Competition, a little bit later this afternoon, you can find it on ESPN or on Sportsnet. She will face the likes of Anaheim Duck Center Trevor Zegras who, if you remember, scored a lacrosse-style goal in a 5-4 win over the Habs just a couple of hours ago, and uh, he's one of those competing in the NHL Breakaway Challenge. And for those wondering, that debut that she made with the Tampa Bay Lightning 30 years ago. She took on the St. Louis Blues on September the 23rd, 1992. Well, to the NFL and the Super Bowl that is set for February the 13th from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. The Rams coming in as early four-point favorites over the Cincinnati Bengals with the early over-under down at Vegas coming in at 48.5 points. Now, when it comes to betting, Joe Burrow deserves all of the credit right now that he's getting from pretty much everybody. Cincinnati 3-0 straight up and also 3-0 against the spread this postseason. But he is quick to deflect that praise to the defense that has been great as well with back-to-back -back upset victories over the Tennessee Titans and then the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. The Bengals have held their opposition to under 20 points per game this postseason with kind of a bend-but-don't-break approach. They've allowed 370-plus yards per game. Patrick Mahomes lit them up with three straight touchdown drives in that AFC champion, but instead of breaking, after those three TDs, they didn't allow another score until a field goal right at the end of regulation. So Cincinnati has shown that they can take on big-time quarterbacks and beat them. They've got one more hurdle, and it comes in the form of Matthew Stafford, who went 31-45 of for 337 with two touchdowns and an interception to get to the Super Bowl. And right now, Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. are on fire, both of them. 20 catches, 255 receiving yards in that win over the Niners. The Rams are 2-3 and three against the spread, and four of their five games over that stretch have been decided by three points or less. This could be a close one at SoFi Stadium on the 13th of February. 
couple of news and notes from the NFL. The Jacksonville Jaguars hiring Doug Peterson, who, if you remember, led the Eagles to the Super Bowl. That is their new head coach in Jacksonville. Spent last year away from football after that five-year stint in Philadelphia. But boy, does he have his hands full down in Florida. He takes over a Jaguars franchise that has four consecutive losing seasons after making that AFC championship game back in 2017. They were 3-14 and this past season. They fired Urban Meyer with a 1-12 start. And for the second straight year, the Jags have the number one pick. And the question is, do they go after Aiden Hutchinson or Evan Neal? Maybe they even go after Kayvon Thibodeau. But maybe the biggest benefactor for a quarterback-friendly coach is Trevor Lawrence. Tom Brady's been getting a lot of well wishes on his retirement and everybody's wondering who he will anoint as the quote next and he went to social media and no it's not Josh Allen or Joe Burrow not Patrick Mahomes he thinks the next one will be Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson who sent a farewell message to Brady on his Instagram Brady's response was a simple one you're next at new underscore era eight. And the numbers are there for Jackson to become that guy. The fastest QB in league history. Just 35 games to get to 5,000 passing yards and 2,000 rushing yards. He's also the first player in NFL history to get to 5,000 and 2,500 in his first three seasons. His 10 100-yard rushing games are tied with Michael Vick for the most by a quarterback in NFL history. All right, there it is. Go support Canada during the Olympic Games over in Beijing. I know it's been a little bit of a quiet start to the Olympiad, but they have had their opening ceremonies. They are underway, and medals are on the horizon for our Canadian crew overseas. We wish them nothing but success. Don't forget, you got junior hockey coming up this weekend around town. You got a lot of stuff coming up on the horizon. And congratulations to the men's Canadian national program, the soccer boys, just continue to win and right now are on the verge of punching their ticket to Qatar in 2022. Yes, the boys are one step away from securing a spot in the World Cup, which will be the first time in 30 years that the boys in red and white will go to the biggest party of them all. So we wish them well, lots of success. And to everybody that stops by to listen to this podcast once in a while, Thank you as well. To my friends at Equity Guru, Chris Perry, Priscilla Choi, and Galen, thank you for always being around, making sure that this podcast gets up and running. To my good friend Rob Simpson, who is probably writing a story about the Vancouver Canucks third line right now, thank you for all your support as well. Let's do this again next week, shall we? I'm Rob Fay, and you've been listening to Sports Bar Radio, presented to you as always by Equity Guru. Have yourself a safe, warm, and enjoyable weekend. You're listening to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity Guru. Equity Guru, investment information for millennials and madmen.